At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Wednesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, Jeff. How long am I able to say that after the New Year? I want to be the guy who does it in April. Oh, yeah, Happy New Year. That kind of thing. It won't be annoying. Technically in the first third of the year <laughs> still. He's just wish me a happy new year. Uh, Adam Kramer on the show to kick things off here momentarily. Uh, talk college football, how he's been doing in bowl season, what he likes here moving forward in the run-up to uh, Christmas and the few days beyond. We'll do it. Uh, we'll parse it out in week spans. Wes Reynolds talk both pro and college football. Boy, oh boy, what about that? Uh, what about that non-PI yesterday that sealed the deal in the Rams-Seahawks game? And this coming from a guy who had the Rams in all kinds of money line situations last night. Money line parlays. Um, boy, that's why, that is what makes, that's what, when you see something like that, I got the benefit of it, right? So I'm coming from that point of view. You see something like that happen, and your reaction has to be, there has to be a little part of you that's like, this is why you can't, this is what makes this so damn frustrating, right? Because you're just like, oh, that's how we're going to lose this. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how Washington fell uh, on the heels of Cleveland falling and what a bitter pill that is to swallow for both of those franchises and both of those fan bases. And if you had futures tickets on uh, Cleveland, I'm not sure if you had any future tickets on Washington, but if you did that as well. Uh, Bill Connolly from ESPN, the creator of SP Plus, talks about bowl season with us a little later on. And Jason Weingarten for his weekly appearance from under a cloud of smoke somewhere in Southern California. Jeff and I will do, uh, we'll do power rankings in the NFL. We will talk about our worst bet of the year 2021, each of us with our worst bet. Jeff's still thinking of his. I know what mine is for sure. We'll get into that. Uh, and, and so much more on the show today. Let's start with Adam Kramer. Let's bring him in from uh, Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. And, of course, a VEASAN college football analyst. You can see all his work weekly at VEASAN.com. Adam, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I have to say I'm, I, I need to think about this, my worst bet of the year. Yes. I don't have any that immediately jump out, but I know there have been some, some bad ones. You're, you're going to have my brain working overtime here this morning. I want to I dive into this, and I'll figure it out, and I'll post it on Twitter. Yeah, should I just tell mine now, Jeff, or should I wait till later to tell? I think you got to hold it off. got to hold off, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't no, want to right. spill it here. you gotta, you got to build up the tease, but it's a great question. And it, Oh, it's I'm a doozy. Sure college, I've had, I've had some, some bad ones, not worse ones, but some bad ones the last week, that's for sure. Mine, and I will give you the sport. The sport is college football. College, <laughs> college football contained my worst bet of the year. We'll get into it. I, I want to talk about something you and I just spoke about briefly off air before you came on. And I always enjoy talking to you before we come on. But one of the things I was saying, so bowl season, obviously, we've had double digit bowl games already in our rear view. And it has been, to say the least, with some of these results, surprising. 
uh, to say the least, but maybe surprise is, is the norm in college football bowl season, especially the early part of it. But, you know, one of the things that I'd like to say about college bowl season is, hey, this is the greatest breeding ground for in-game bets too, right? You know, oh, you don't want to bet these pre-flops sometimes. You just want to watch a few drives and they go. But, you know, that's not without its pitfalls either. And let me just take the Wyoming-Kent State game yesterday on the blue turf in Boise, where it was just, I. you watch a few of those first drives and you're like, oh, Kent State is going to destroy Wyoming. Yeah, not so much. Kent State's defense did their thing, didn't they? 52-38 to 38 Cowboys in that one. Yeah, and, and I had Kent State and... Um... You know, you're right. Like, I've watched Wyoming. Like, there was a stretch of games this year with Wyoming where, I, I mean, they didn't crack 20 points or barely crack 20 points for about a month, it felt like. So, um, this is an offense that struggled. That was a game I felt good in. And then it just it just didn't happen. And you're right. You think you know, and then you don't. I mean, you and I were, were talking about it. Like, BYU is a really good team. And I, I think I made the joke even uh, on the show last week that like, I wish they were playing – a better team, and now they're probably going to lose. Well, they lost outright to UAB. Bill Clark, by the way, has done an unbelievable job there. But you, we try to handicap motivation. We do this with in, interim coaches. You've got transfer portals. There are so many variables. There were so many variables. Now it's even more so when you look at the merry-go-round, not to mention the holidays. You've got seniors, frankly, that are done. Like They're just like, I'm not worried about the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of out of here. So these are glorified exhibitions with, like, you know, kids get nice little bull packages, 300, 400 bucks, maybe an Xbox, and that's that. And so it does create these really odd results. For someone that watches all of these games and for someone that loves the data, it actually can be a bit infuriating, right, when you think you kind of know what's going on and then all of a sudden, you know, Fresno State, who I thought was going to roll UTEP, doesn't. In fact, it was a struggle. But it's also why I love this stuff, because some of it, frankly, is a bit unexplainable uh, at the end. Yeah, it is why we love it in the end. Obviously, we want to win bets. I mean, I don't know how many people watch the Celebration Bowl, but the Jackson State performance was probably the most inexplicable of all of them, right? Where you're just like, wait a minute. I thought this team was supposed to destroy South Carolina State. Uh, San Diego State did get it done for for many of us. I know yourself included last night, though. That's a team... uh, I, we, we were joking. It's, it was happy for me because no matter how I played San Diego State this year, I backed them, I faded them. They, they played down to their competition. They played up to their competition with the exception of, of the Mountain West Championship where they just got destroyed against Utah State. By the way, what a close for Utah State. My goodness, what a season. But you consider the last two games. Yeah, seriously. UT, UTSA was a team that I, I've faded a bit all year and was kind of waiting for the right moment. And that, you know, you talk about in-game betting. UTSA comes out and that game looks like they may roll. That did not start off great for San Diego State. Hunting God, the offense finally just nothing. Game that exactly. Adam, Adam we're, we're losing you here. We're, we're, you're breaking up there for a second, so I'm going to ask you to just sort of adjust. I just want to get to some of these bowl games here. Hopefully you'll, uh, your audio will come back. One, first of all, for those who are looking for Adam's stuff, it's Kramer, a better's guide to the second week of college football games at vcin.com. And uh, one of the, you know, he goes through other things just besides his favorite bets. But one of the great paragraphs was about Brees Hall. So, Adam, uh, thank you for putting the uh, paragraph out there about Brees Hall, a sort of underappreciated career at Iowa 
State. He has declared uh, for the draft, so he will not be playing in Iowa State's bowl game. But let's let's move forward. Let's start with today's bowl game between Army and Mizzou. We had a uh, sort of spirited debate about this game on the show several times yesterday. We have some Mizzou grads here, namely Jeff Parlay, first and uh, foremost. Um, and all the Mizzou grads are fading <laughs> – are fading their alma mater. I don't know how you feel about this. Army is now a six-and-a-half-point favorite, though, as uh, obviously Mizzou with the big announcement yesterday that their best player will not be playing in, in Tyler Beatty here. I was on Army early. Hopefully you can hear me now, by the way. Apologies. Yes, we can. The, uh, and, and real quick about Hall, twenty-four game, a touchdown in 24 straight games for Iowa State, a rushing touchdown in 24 straight games. One of the craziest college stats you'll ever see. Just want to throw that in there. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I like I like Army. I, I do. I think Army is more seasoned. Now, it's, it's interesting. If you follow recruiting at all, Missouri is doing some really good things. So the Missouri alums got to be happy with, you know, landing some talent that maybe we're not accustomed to seeing. But, you know, you look at the game against Navy, it's hard to draw anything out of that game, the, the pacing of it, the, the style of play, everything else. This is an Army team that I think was a little bit underrated, beat Air Force, uh, the Liberty win, I think, was pretty good. I was on Army early. Obviously, the point spread uh, moving around now. you got to keep your head on a swivel. So this is not a game I love, but I'm in on Army. What about the Gasparilla Bowl tomorrow? UCF finally gets its shot at Florida. Six and a half, the number on this one. Let's call it seven consensus on this one in favor of the Gators. Total is probably where I'm going. I like the over, 55 and a half. It's come down about a point. You know, you've got Emory Jones in the transfer portal. You've got so many moving parts with Florida. But I still think this is a game, and, and there's a couple games when you look at these matchups. Auburn-Houston is another one where just the athlete that Florida gets is different. Now, Central Florida is going to care. If we're trying to handicap motivation, there's a lot of guys on Central Florida that did not get an offer from Florida that I want to show out in this game. Now, I can't possibly use that as ammunition to say bet UCF. But in terms of motivation, I don't think they're going to they're going to have a hard time getting up for this because this is a game between two teams that have been trying to play and will play. There's been some animosity here, so it actually could be a pretty fun game. I think it will feature more points, so I'll go the over 55. All right, and of the and a half. of the remaining bowl games here over the course of the next week, so through Christmas into Wednesday of next week, talking about through the 28th, where there's a you know a handful of games on the 28th. What is your single favorite bet amongst them? I got two. Well, first off, the the Hawaii Bowl is back on Christmas Eve, which is wonderful. Wonderful. The wind is always going to be blowing trash inside inside that stadium. It's a beautiful sight. The wind is always howling in the Hawaii Bowl. That total, 56 points. I'm going to be under Memphis-Hawaii. Both those offenses were eh, both the defense. Just a collectively meh game. And obviously, Hawaii has a lot of stuff going on with Todd Graham. But we have to bet that game because it's Christmas Eve. But I like East Carolina versus Boston College. East Carolina, I talked about San Diego State being a difficult team for me to figure. East Carolina has been kind to me much of the year. This team is much improved. They've gotten a heck of a lot better over the past three years. And Boston College offensively just has been really, really bad the past month. I think the Pirates are in a pretty good spot there. 
That's the Military Bowl on Monday afternoon, actually early here on the Pacific, uh, in the Pacific time zone, 11.30 a.m., 2.30 p.m. Eastern. You like East Carolina catching the points against B.C. Yep. Five days from now. Okay. Check out the piece at VEASAN.com. Uh, Adam's thoughts on uh, the Birmingham Bowl between Auburn and Houston. Uh, NC State and UCLA in the Holiday Bowl. Also Mississippi State and Texas Tech. There's a game for you. The Liberty Bowl. Yep. Uh, so some good college football pre-Christmas and after Christmas, of course. Uh, Adam, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays, man. Have a safe holiday season, man. Likewise, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great one. We'll at- talk soon. Yes, sir. Adam Kramer from Bleacher Report and, of course, Beeson contributor at Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. We'll come back. Wes Reynolds, uh, his favorite college bowl picks and what he thought about the Rams last night, what that says about the Rams, what he likes in Week 16 in the National Football League. That's next. A numbers game at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Nevada football season is here. In case you haven't noticed, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the glue that holds this entire operation together. Swiss Army Knife of Vison. It's Wes Reynolds, everybody. How you doing, Wes? Good morning, Gil. How are you? I'm doing very well, Wes. Before we get into the football questions I want to ask you, um, you're the perfect person. Uh, thank God you're here because I can actually talk about like a documentary I watched last night because otherwise <laughs> there wouldn't be any real relevance here, but I know you can appreciate. So I'm looking for... I was reading something that Super Dave Osborne, there was a documentary written about, uh, well, made about him, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to HBO Max and, and watch this Super Dave Osborne documentary. Of course, I get distracted. Oh, there's another Indianapolis Colts Hard Knocks in season I hadn't seen. It was a mini buy episode, so I watched that. It was like 30 minutes. And then, uh, as I was looking for the Super Dave one, I stumble on a Kenny G documentary. Now, <laughs> he's this perfect person to say this to. I hate his music. But this whole documentary was about why people hate him if he's so successful. Like, why is he such a lightning rod? I watched about half of it. Can't recommend it enough. It's fabulous. That's my recommendation to you, Wes. Your thoughts on Kenny G. Well, I know he's a pretty darn good golfer just from yes. watching him at AT, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, now, he puts himself as a zero handicap. I'm not sure if he's quite a scratch golfer. He might be embellishing a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's always been a pretty good player when they have the celebrities out there at Pebble Beach. And I didn't know that there was a Kenny G documentary. I didn't either. I didn't I'm either. A, I'm not a huge fan of Mr. G necessarily over the years, but this is something I will watch because I'm always a sucker for music documentaries. Me too. It's like a, it's, it's with him in it, and it's, it's so fascinating because it's, I don't like his music at all. I don't have any thoughts about him, would never think about him. And then this doc comes up and I'm like, oh, I totally will watch this because it's from the perspective of what is it about him that that uh, that bothers people. But he talks about the golf and he talks about his music and he totally is like, 
it's all about practice, 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 work, work, work. None of this stuff comes, you know, naturally to him. It's all about the work. But anyway, I thought you might, you might enjoy that, and thank goodness you're here so I can actually uh, get that out of my uh, system, Wes. Let me ask you about the, the football games last night. So, you know, on the one hand, from a, from a non-betting, from a football perspective, I said this about the Browns in Washington now. The Browns who had to go with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins comported himself very well, but the Browns lose, team ravaged by COVID. Postponement didn't help them kind of the end of their season mathematically not but looks like it what a horrible way to go out Washington literally like when we look back I was talking with my Washington buddies yesterday uh, fans who who are just like we don't even know how we're supposed to feel literally we'll look back on the season and be like yeah we, we were in it we by the way uh, and uh, we end up playing with a, a practice squad quarterback from another team Right, like I mean, it's just ridiculous to think about. I don't know if Washington would have made the playoffs anyway, but that's the reality. My real question, though, comes down to the Rams, the team that was really the team that benefited from the postponement, got all their key players back, and yet they struggle with the Seahawks, struggled with them. What do you make of this team as we get closer to the postseason? They're ten and four. They could still technically get a number one seed, but every performance, I just don't know what I'm getting from them. Where do you stand on them? Yeah, I'm the same way, Gil. And and before the season, this was my pick to represent the NFC in Me the too. Super Bowl. And I did bet them over the summer at 14 to 1. And you look at a lot of their individual pieces and you're like, well, this team is really good. They're really talented. They have a generational defensive talent on the defensive line in Aaron Donald. I think that they have a very good quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who's finally with a good team and really has a good supporting cast around him. But this is a team for some reason that like, they always leave you wanting more. I mean, they were okay last night, you know, 5.4 yards of play, just had the one turnover. They're starting to run the ball a little bit better, which I think at least is somewhat of a positive sign because until the Jacksonville game a couple weeks ago, the Rams had not had a 100-yard rusher all season. And then they finally got one against Sony Michelle. They ran the ball well enough in that Monday night game against Arizona. Statistically, it won't wow you, but they were able to run the ball well enough where it set up Matthew Stafford on the play action and the Rams got some big chunk plays down the field. But I'm with you. I, I think that this is a team that leaves you wanting more, but I think that that makes them no different from like anybody else. You're like, well, Green Bay is a pretty good team, but they don't overwhelm you. They don't dazzle you necessarily. They obviously have a quarterback that's having a MVP caliber season, but I just think that's the nature of the NFL, Gil. I don't think there's like any team that really dazzles you and says, yeah, they're the team to beat, clearly. Yeah, I think you're right. Jeff, did you have trouble with your power? Like when you were doing your power rankings, because Jeff and I have our power rankings coming up later, were you just sort of like, yeah, I guess this is the, you know, like is, is there a little part of your brain when you're doing it? You're like, I, I suppose, but these are so fungible. I mean, after number one, yes. Yes, after number one. After yes. number one, it got really difficult. Yeah, Green Bay is your number one, I would assume. Yeah, we can spoil that. Yeah, we can spoil that. Spoiler alert. All right, so Wes, uh, your favorite bets for Week 16 moving forward then are? Yeah, uh, just looking at the card and obviously having to wait a little bit uh, due to COVID-19 if something's going to happen like it did last week. But one thing that I did think was interesting, and this is a team I've been riding, and it's not – local or fan bias or anything. I had been riding the Indianapolis Colts a lot because if you look at where they started, they were 0-3, 
and then now they're eight and six. You could make an argument that they should be 11 and 0 over the last 11 games. They blew that game at Baltimore on Monday night. They blew the game to Tennessee in overtime. They had a double-digit lead at halftime on Tampa Bay. Couldn't make any of those three stand up. But now you see that they're 8-6. and six. They're going on the road to Arizona. There are a couple books out there that now have them as the favorite. And it's really weird to see in Week 16 a team that I believe was like plus five on the look ahead, and then they reprice it due to the disparate results with the Colts beating the Patriots and then the Cardinals absolutely laying an egg in Detroit. It is very rare at this time of year where you see this big of a move where they were getting plus five on the look ahead, then it opens two and a half. Now you're seeing the Colts as a one-point favorite at a couple stores, including uh, one downtown at Circa. So I almost think, like, the secret's out, Gil. Like, people now finally realize, hey, this Colts team is pretty darn good. And, you know, everybody, they're kind of starting to be that under-the-radar pick that aren't talked about in terms of the top teams. They're very comparable, I think, to the 49ers in the NFC because all of a sudden the 49ers are kind of that hot team. Like, the Colts are that hot team in the AFC. So at this point, especially if the Colts become a favorite, pretty much consensus in the market. I could only take Arizona, despite the fact that they've been poor at home, especially as a favorite. And then what we saw on Sunday uh, was not good when they were going to the locker room against Detroit. And they were kind of snapping at each other. You could see them kind of arguing with each other going into the tunnel at halftime. But I think that that's now priced in the market. And with the lines as tight as they are this time of year in Week 16, just that big a move, I'm almost going to naturally want to go against it. What about tomorrow night's game between the Titans and the 49ers? Titans, three-and-a-half-point dogs here. A.J. Brown should be back in the lineup for Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee needs anybody they can get back in the lineup because they have been leading the league, although the Baltimore Ravens, I think, are right on their tail in terms of players on injured reserve. So looks like they're getting Brown back and maybe a couple guys on defense. But San Francisco has been the hot team, Gil. I mean, Jimmy G has been James G. He's been (laughs) one of the better quarterbacks over the last month. And, you know, they're they're not losing games because of him. I think that he's done a very good job. And I think... Getting Kittle back has been the absolute key because he's been an absolute monster since he's returned from injury. So it looks really weird because I think a lot of the survivor people were saving Tennessee Mm -hmm. for Christmas week. And now they find themselves in the unfortunate circumstances of like, okay, we've saved this team. And now they're a three and a half point dog here. So I lean 49ers. The uh, the eight people that have Green Bay remaining of the 16 are definitely in the driver's seat, I think, uh, just with that one advantage in Circus Survivor. Uh, okay, and then today, college football, Army, Mizzou, as we go out, because we only have 30 seconds here, what do you like? I laid Army on the early number. Service academies are almost like 70% in bowl games, and you're getting to the point, though, where I don't think you can follow and just lay Army. If this goes seven, I might buy back a little bit on Jeff Parle's Mizzou Tigers. <laughs> and remember, Jimmy G becoming James G is better than Jimmy G becoming Kenny G, Wes. Let's wrap it in one nice bow. <laughs> Wes Reynolds, everybody. At Wes Reynolds 1, the number one on Twitter. Wes, uh, appreciate it as always. We'll talk soon. You got it, Gil. Thanks for having me. Wes Reynolds, everybody. And when I say the glue that holds this operation together... I really mean it. That that dude can talk about anything on any show about, I mean, various subjects. Love me some Wes Reynolds.
Jeff is nodding and smiling. Nodding and approval. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. We'll come back. Jeff and I will give our power ratings, which, listen, you got your power ratings. I got my power ratings. Jeff's got his. Uh, Mine are more of a look into the future. How about that? That's next. Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Save 50% off a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money's going on every game. Sign up today, and you also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39. It's $39 at com slash subscribe. Gil Alexander and Jeff Parlay here as well. We get tweets at Beating the Book, P2 Fabrication. These lower-level bowl games are treated by the players like the NBA All-Star Game. No D. Offensive show. F2 fabrication. There are so many moving parts of these, as we've discussed ad nauseum year after year with college bowl season. But I will say this. I have had early college bowl seasons where I've done extremely well. That would not be the case here in the early going. By the way, Futak yesterday. Should we review Futak's picks? He was 1-1 one one on his best bets because he had the over in the Wyoming-Kent State game. Easy peasy. But he also had the... Under, I think, of the San Diego State UTSA game. So that one was done early. But his two leans on both Wyoming and San Diego State got home. So that's a good day for Futech, generally speaking. Uh, hump Day Hockey. If you like music docs, Sound City on Amazon Prime is top tier. You heard about Sound City at all, Jeff? No? Nothing? I'm going to have to look that up. Sound City. Uh, this is from uh, TJ Stacks. You're talking about practice. Oh, he's talking about the Kenny G thing. <laughs> he said practice. Uh so funny what people responded. Brad, Gilly, you are batting 1,000 or 100 with your documentary picks. But Kenny G, come on, man. Hey, dude, I just stumbled on it. It wasn't like I was seeking it out. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just such an interesting, he's such an interesting person because no one ever thinks about him. He's this massive, successful artist. Like, it was the most, most successful instrumental artist of, like, the history of the world. And no one likes him including myself. <laughs> no one likes the music, so it's very weird. Uh, 702AJ, hashtag West Crush Wednesdays from both Gil and uh, Jeff Parlay about Wes Reynolds. Yeah, man, we're, we're down. We understand. All right, let's do, some, uh, let's do some power ratings. By the way, do you agree with my statement earlier about that call, so that non-call yesterday? I, I don't want to let that slide. So, again, for, I had the Rams. And when that P.I. doesn't get called on Ernest Jones of the Rams, who crashes into D.J. Dallas. By the way, that does not absolve D.J. Dallas from then in frustration, kicking the football, which essentially put the Rams on the cusp of field goal position, which the Rams quickly got into, converted a field goal for Matt Gay, and that game was over at that point. So D.J. Dallas absolutely compounded the problem. You can understand his frustration, but you can't kick the football. And so that was the end of that. He definitely compounded it, but... I totally, we were on primetime action, Matt Brown and I, last night with Jacob Roach. We, we, we were disgusted by it immediately. Like, how can, because here's my question, Jeff. If Cooper Cup, let's say it was reversed, that exact same play happens on the other side of the field, and it's Cooper Cup getting rammed into by a, uh, by a Seahawks linebacker, you tell me if that flag is not getting thrown. Please. Please. Am I wrong? Like a hundred percent, that flag. I gets mean, thrown. I think that's probably happening with if it's Metcalf on the Seattle side. Mm, 
I maybe. think it is. I think if it's a, a, a maybe a, a regular wide receiver. But look, I'm just saying they're for, fans of whole franchises. Like that Washington football team would never get that call. Here's here's the other thing too. For a crew that likes throwing a ton of flags to begin with, missing the most obvious flag of the game is is really just really just a spectacular job all the way around by them. We have got to. I mean, there's got on on things that are that obvious. Right, and there is literally zero people who believe that wasn't a PI. Right, you have to be able to have the eye in the sky or some person in a booth who just can overrule that and be like, "Look, guys, you missed it." And what are what are all the officials? They look like one person wants to throw the flag, the other person sort of wants to, but then they kind of look at each other. The other person's not doing it. I better not do it. Maybe it wasn't. And they all just have this like tacit conspiracy of not throwing it. Anyway, here are our power rankings for uh, headed into Week 16 of the National Football League. Now, let me just state in advance. For me, because there's so many injuries and so many COVID situations, Kansas City Chiefs have not added any COVID, any people to the COVID list today. But, of course, Tyreek yesterday, Travis Kelsey the day before on the COVID list. So you just don't know what you're getting from teams on a week-to-week basis. But this is sort of my, when these teams are full strength and all are supposed to be full strength when they get to the postseason kind of rankings. So number one is the Green Bay Packers. They should be number one. Again, can you make the case that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and everyone else, they are the most top-heavy of teams, if you will. One of those two guys goes out. Oh, my God, what will happen to this ranking? Yes. But they're the most consistent team in football. And currently, as it stands now, the NFC playoff picture goes through Lambeau. Green Bay is number one. Tampa Bay is number two. I know they got shut out by the Saints 9 to nothing. but here's the one thing I'm being consistent about this year with my power rankings. If you lose players, I am not docking you. So they lost Chris Godwin, now for the entire season. Leonard Fournette, now we find out till the postseason. And Mike Evans also in that game. Mike Evans should be the first one of the trio back. Also, Antonio Brown now back in the fold. I still have the defending Super Bowl champions at number two. Because I don't know where else to put them. No one else is that great to me to put them above. I have the Rams at number three, but we saw yesterday the Rams are capable of putting together really choppy performances. That was certainly one of them. But the Rams soar for me. A lot of that has to do with their win over the Cardinals the week before, too. So the Rams are number three because I, I do think when you step back, the Rams still have maybe the best collection of individual players. Will that translate to a Super Bowl title? I don't know. I got the Colts at four. I've been the Colts before the Colts were, were cool. I think that was an old country music song. I got the Colts at four. I really think they're that good. But they're Achilles heel, and every one of these teams is flawed. Let's not act like every one of them, you know, that any one of them is perfect. It's, it's one of those years. Carson Wentz. That's why you can't put them any higher. Chargers and Chiefs. Listen, I know the Chiefs won that Thursday night football game in overtime, but you can't tell me I can't keep the Chargers above them. Chargers should have won that game. Chargers are five because the good Chargers, we say this on primetime action a lot, You don't know what you're getting with the Chargers. You don't know what you're getting with Brandon Staley and fourth down decisions sometimes. But a great Chargers performance is better than 25, 26, 27 of these teams. They're that good when they're on all cylinders. But we do have Eckler and Bosa with COVID now, or at least on the COVID list. So Chargers are five. Chiefs are six. Can't make the Chiefs any lower than six. They've won seven in a row. But again, Kelsey and Hill now both on the COVID list. And this whole thing about trending in the right direction, oh, well, they they should be ready to play on Sunday. We don't know anything. We thought Baker Mayfield was, quote-unquote, trending in the right direction. We thought Taylor Heineke was trending in the right direction. 
There's a threshold with these tests that they have to meet. And even though they're trending, doesn't mean that they will get to there to that threshold by the allotted time. Cowboys are seven just because I, I, I don't know how good their offense is. I can't believe we're saying this about the Cowboys, that we're talking about the offense as the deficiency. And then there's the Michael McCarthy tax. New England's at eight. Arizona's the big plummeter. They go to nine. And listen, Tennessee just doesn't have players. And Tennessee's thing is they're minus 13 in turnovers in their last three losses. How do you properly evaluate a team like that? They held Pittsburgh to 12 first downs and 168 yards. Their defense has been great. I'm not going to do it results-oriented. Minus 13 in turnovers. Like I said, the greatest turnover ratio team of all time was the 83 Washington football team. They were plus 43. That's out of control for a season. Tennessee at that rate would go minus 70 if they had this kind of turnover performance. So Tennessee, to me, remains at number 10. Now, catch me after tomorrow night's game. If they lose to the Niners, they'll drop out. But when they're at full strength, come a few weeks from now, get back to me. Jeff. Green Bay stays at the top. Green Bay's going to have to stay at the top at this point, Gil, because you look at the the rest of the league, no one else is really pushing them. I know Huntley and company nearly came back and won that game. But as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing, I don't care if he claims his toe yeah. is a problem. It doesn't look like a problem uh, right now. So Green Bay had won. Tampa stays at two. I am concerned about their long-term viability right now because Godwin being out is a big deal. Fournette potentially being out is a still a, a solid deal, but not quite the deal that Godwin being out is. Uh, at least Mike Evans seems to be healthy. But it's Tom Brady. If he's in the playoffs, you're not going to doubt him, as we learned last year. Kansas City's number three. It's mostly because I didn't have anyone else to put at number three. And they just go on the virtue of this long winning streak. Um, and if they get either Kelsey or Hill back, they should be able to handle Pittsburgh. And very well may end up with the one seed at this point. Rams at four. I don't know what to really make of this team. I think <laughs> they're way. talented. Yeah. I think they're pretty good. But I'm not... If they have to play at Tampa or at Green Bay in a playoff game, I don't expect them to win. So, really difficult there. Five, six, seven, eight, all interchangeable. All interchangeable. I agree. I'm just going off of what I had last week, so I didn't want to tinker too much. New England, five, Indy, six, Dallas, seven, Chargers, eight, all interchangeable. If you If the results dictated this week, the Chargers could move all the way to five. Like, that's just how even these four teams are. Arizona down to nine. If they lose to Indy, they're going out of the top 10 this week. And welcome to the 49ers who get in at number 10. They're playing really well right now. I don't hate it. And with Kittle healthy, that offense is legit no matter what you think of Garoppolo because his numbers have been great the last month. That game tomorrow night is awesome. Can't wait to see how, the, how those, those two teams fare against each other, the Niners and the Titans. Niners three-and-a-half-point favorites at Tennessee. Notably absent for both of ours, the Ravens, who have still have a depleted secondary, and the Bills, who still haven't beaten anybody. The ultimate bully. Not sure you can keep him in there. Coming back, Bill Connolly from ESPN College Football next. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Tis the seven days of parlays. Hey, Jeff, I'm naming a promotion after you. 
BetMGM is celebrating the holidays by delivering parlay presents to you every day for a week from December 19th to December 25th. BetMGM customers can unwrap free bets and risk-free wagers when you place a one-game parlay. Plus, there are plenty of parlay boost tokens and other bonuses under the tree. If you're a sports fan, you're automatically on the nice list at the King of Sportsbooks. Not yet registered for BetMGM? All you need to do is sign up on the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com to enjoy a piece of the holiday action. Get in the parlay spirit at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling Problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi. Jeff, we should have, MGM should just use your, your face, your mug, your countenance as the logo for parlays. They should. That would be your gig. You want them to still have business when this is all Dude, how much Come money on. would you make doing it? <laughs> and everyone would pass you and they'd be like, that's the parlay guy. Oh, it's huge. Can't miss, Jeff. <laughs> So here's the, here's the thing. So uh, National Semi is obviously still nine days away. But we're hearing this up for the Georgia-Michigan game. Michigan, everybody's getting a booster shot. Is that the word, Jeff? Everybody, that's, a, that's a report as of today. Everybody's getting a booster shot. On the other hand, we're seeing some reports. And again, maybe this is irresponsible of me for even passing it along. But Jeff, Jeff Schultz at The Athletic says, just as a reminder... As we're seeing multiple reports of Georgia players testing positive for COVID, the Athletic has a policy of not naming any athlete who tests positive unless it is stated publicly by the person, school, or team. Well, I would imagine the specific players' names would be material to any uh, betting angle. By the way, we hope everybody's safe and healthy. And we're still nine days away, so I don't want to make too much of this. But anyway, those are the different sides of that. Georgia's still a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Michigan. Let's bring in the creator of SP+. Plus. From ESPN, it's Bill Connolly. How you doing, Bill? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm doing very well. What am I supposed to do with that information now, man? <laughs> well, nothing, because we are still a few days out. If it was, yeah. you know, in relation to a Thursday night game or something, then that'd be kind of, kind of dicey. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I try to compartmentalize everything, and I'm, I'm doing absolutely nothing whatsoever with that information. Yes, I am not going to either, and that's why I say perhaps it's irresponsible of me for even, for even <laughs> repeating it. Let me ask you this: uh, We, we love talking to you during the regular season. You have, you apply SB Plus to regular season games. Now we're in this weird bowl season, right? It's just it's weird in all the ways that we've discussed from opt-outs to coaches going here here and there whether head coaches or interim coaches motivational issues we play amateur psychologists so I guess I the, the main question I want to ask you is how do your numbers historically do during bowl season is there a is there a enough data to support that it's not quite as accurate? Would you say predictive? Um, yeah, there's just there's more volatility. Whether you're using SP Plus or the lines themselves, you see that they're just they're more big whiffs, basically. Um, at least one or two over the course of bowl season, a higher percentage than you normally see, and, and for all the reasons we would think, you know, everybody thinks. No, it's fine. We're, we're ready for this game. And then you find out, you know, halfway through the first quarter, you give up an 80-yard trick play touchdown or something, and you're like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to be here anymore. And, and the game kind of gets out of hand. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. I've had that and, feeling. And, 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, basically it's, it's mostly predictable it's, or it's mostly college football, but you do just have a couple of extra surprises along the way. And so I think those surprises are coming like so far SP plus is doing fine in bowl season, um, like what, six and five, something to that effect against the spread and missed a couple of big ones because a couple of the games got out of hand, but what's um, the, what's the biggest one of those so far that where you're just like, Oh, good Lord. How could you even <laughs> see this coming? Um, well, App, the fact that Western Kentucky beat App State wasn't surprising, but, you know, plus had Western Kentucky by one, not by whatever that ended up being, 21. Uh, Liberty was favored and obviously, you know, handled Eastern Michigan, but the, the numbers didn't suggest they were going to win by 36. So those types of games, whether that was just an impact, uh, an effect of the bowl season or, or just, you know, sometimes games get out of hand, uh, we did have a couple there that kind of, you know, bumped up the absolute, the average error per game. But overall, it's doing fine so far. By the way, how did you brought up Western Kentucky? How, how do they not let Bailey Zappi get to 6,000 yards? Like, did that bother oh. you as much? As, I, I know that it has nothing to do with betting, has nothing to do with anything. But for those <laughs> of us who, like, appreciate history and sports, how does a coach not have the presence of mind to let the kid get to 6,000? Yeah, and he, he was on the field for that one drive where he it, it just kind of seemed like this is where it's going to happen. And then it didn't, and his day was done. And maybe, you know, well, that's one of those, like the players are going to say, like, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. It's sure. Cool. Like, you know, I threw, but then like 10 years from now, you're oh. going to be like, man, man I, I was 6,000 right there. Didn't It was like Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo um, was it last year against Kent State. Um, whatever record whatever milestone was it like 400 yards rushing or something in a game, whatever it was, he was basically one carry from getting it and mm-hmm. he didn't get it. Uh, yeah. he, he was exhausted and asked out for one play and then the other guy scored and that was that. But um, yeah, that's one of those, like he still Bailey's this, this season that Bailey Zappi had will go down in the books for a while. He still threw him for more yards than anybody else, but it was just, it was like two passes away from 6,000. Talking to Bill Connolly from uh, ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C. Uh, Okay, let me ask you about today's game. One bowl game today, Military uh, Academy, Army against Mizzou. Uh, So we have uh, uh, Tyler Beatty's out for Mizzou. And uh, Mizzou going with, and Jeff, Jeff Parlay, my producer, is a Mizzou grad. Jeff, you think that this is an upgrade in quarterbacks going to Brady here? Uh, I don't think it's, at worst, I don't think it's any different. Bill, right. where, where do you stand on this with Army's six-and-a-half-point favorites? Um, I mean, Basilak was certainly banged up for most of the year. It seemed like opponents kind of figured out his tendencies to a certain degree, and, and life became a lot harder for him. So you do figure just having some new blood and, and you know, a guy with different strengths and weaknesses who hasn't thrown many passes this year, that'll kind of – at least in the short term for, for a temporary for a number of drives or whatever, that might give them a, an advantage there. We'll see. Okay. And of the bowl games here in the next few days leading up to Christmas and then even perhaps the days beyond, what do your, do your numbers suggest one game better than some of the rest or a couple games better than the fray? Um, well, Memphis, Hawaii is projected as a 0. 0.6 as a 29, 28 Memphis win. Oh, wow. Uh, no. Now, SP Plus does not know that the Hawaii team rebelled against its head coach uh, after the season ended. <laughs> it's not built and, in, and, yeah. And the quarterback transferred and, and everything else. So it is one of these, you know, there are some blind spots here, but that one at least theoretically, if, if Hawaii does show up, and I mean, they're at home at least, right. um, that one could be kind of interesting. I am curious about, like Florida UCF on paper doesn't seem interesting at all. Florida's, you know, nine points better, basically. UCF really wasn't all that good this year, but... 
UCF, the motivation levels for UCF are likely to be high. They've wanted to play Florida forever. I don't know what Florida, you know, interim coach and, and, you know, quarterback who's going to play, but has already entered the transfer portal and all these other things. I don't know just how much Florida shows up. So that one could become interesting if they, if they're not ready for a fight, but you really, it's next week. I think the 28th, we got a couple games that are projected within a point. That's when things kind of pick up again. This next batch of games probably won't be the absolute best on the, on the bowl slate. Okay. What is, is there one further along? Cause we may not get a chance to talk to you here before the new year. Is there one later on towards the new year or maybe even a national semi that you love the best? <laughs> I mean, SP Plus certainly thinks that Cincinnati has a much better shot against Alabama than the line does. Really? And um, I'm, I'm, because, I mean, among other things, it remembers that Alabama was extremely mediocre by Alabama standards, of course, but, you know, by, by the playoff standards, they were very mediocre for the entire month of November uh, before showing back up against Georgia. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, it certainly remembers that. And I can certainly try to convince you that Cincinnati has some matchup advantages that uh, could give them a much better uh, chance than the 13 and a half point line suggests. But in between now and then, I do think I'm, I'm really curious about Air Force Louisville. That's, you know, that's a, a game that's projected really close. It has like Louisville by 0.7. The line's been pretty close to that too. And um, just, you know, contrast of styles there could be kind of fun. Uh, Houston Auburn on paper seems interesting. Auburn's another team that's had 38 opt-outs and uh, transfers and whatnot. So it's hard to tell for sure what they're going to be what they might be capable of in that game, but that's a close one. SMU Virginia could be close. Um, kind of hard to figure out. SMU has a couple receivers out and Virginia had a bunch of guys enter the portal, but they might still play for Mendenhall in this game and then transfer. So there are yeah. all sorts of it's all, the, all the potentially awesome games have a whole lot of variables involved, yeah. but they could still be pretty fun. So many moving parts. Uh, when I, I'll, We only have a minute here, but when I ask, actually less than a minute, but when I ask people, hey, what's the bowl game you like the best before when they first announced all the matchups, uh, so many people said Notre Dame against Oklahoma State. Where do your numbers come down on New Year's Day? Um, that one, it's Notre Dame by 4.1. So slight edge, slight edge. lean. Uh, what was the, what's the line at now? It was around Notre Dame minus two. Yeah, it's yeah, still one, minus two. Still uh, two, yeah. Even one so and a half, one, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously Karen Williams missing might make a difference. Um, I, I just, I, I love getting to watch this Oklahoma State defense. Um, there's some really, really fun defenses to watch this year. They they're, they could have a lot of fun against Notre Dame, but Kieran Williams isn't there to block a, the pass rushers. So hopefully that one's a fun one. Okay, so I'm here in Hawaii by the numbers, though you acknowledge there's a lot of, you know, variables. Yeah. Let's put it yeah. that way. And Cincinnati in the National Semi. Bill, always great to catch up, man. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Absolutely. Bill Connolly, everybody, at ESPN underscore Bill C. Jeff and I will come back. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. Whole bunch of NFL season-long props next. 